Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome, welcome. And I am listening to you. You have asked me to talk about something that we all need to be thinking about, for sure. We may be having family that's having issues, or it may be ourselves. And I'm going to get to the root of the cause here today. We are talking about Alzheimer's and dementia. And I am so blessed that this woman fabulous woman came on the show today, Brenda Scuttles Shuttlesworth with the Alzheimer's Association. She's executive for the North Central Texas chapter, and you have been with the Alzheimer's Association since 2020. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Tiffany. It's great to be here today. Thank you so much for coming. And I'm, I did tell you before the show, Brenda, I have so many followers and viewers and listeners on my platforms that ask me to address this because they may be going through something or they their family members so i found you i'm so blessed to have you and you are coming on because you have firsthand experience with alzheimer's and dementia correct i do tiffany that's the reason that i serve with the alzheimer's association my whole career has been in the not-for-profit realm but when my dad was in the mid to late stages of his struggles with frontal temporal dementia I said, you know what, I need to help try to find a cure for this disease. And so I left a, an organization that I loved. I said yes to the Alzheimer's Association. And I am so filled with hope with all of the possibilities that are that are before us today and that are also on the near horizon as we continue to make significant strides in finding treatments that are working and giving people more time with their families where they have good cognition. Absolutely. And I mean, what, I mean, your website alone, the information, um, I wanted to get to you and talk to you and, and, and just ask the question, but I dug in deeper and there's so much information and we'll give you that in the show notes, everyone. So my first question you said to this, said to me, you said, this is accurate. What is Alzheimer and what is dementia and what is the difference? I mean, I have a pretty good idea, but right. And that is the number one question that people ask us. What is the difference? Is there any difference? And dementia is the umbrella term, if you will. If you compare it to cancer, dementia would be like cancer and Alzheimer's would be like a specific type of cancer, like breast cancer. So dementia is the generic term for people that are, that are losing their cognitive abilities and they're having memory difficulties. And it's not just routine difficulties, but it's interfering with their day-to-day -day activities of daily living. And so Alzheimer's is the most common type of dementia. And there are, there are dozens and dozens of types of dementia. Alzheimer's accounts for 60 to 80% of all dementia cases, but there's frontal temporal dementia, which attacks the frontal temporal lobe. That's what my daddy had. Mm -hmm. There's vascular dementia. Vascular dementia is the second most common type. And of course that has to do with high blood pressure and heart disease. So one of the really important things about Alzheimer's and dementia is that you take care of your heart because what is good for your heart is also good for your brain. You're kidding. I had no idea that dementia is the umbrella. I mean, that is fascinating. And I was, my second question was, what are the others? And you told us that. So Alzheimer's is basically the 60 to 80% people that are diagnosed. That's correct. Right? It's, it's the most common. That's what people hear is Alzheimer's. But again, it is only one of many, many different types of dementia. So 
for my demographics, that's about 18 to 44, that women I, I, and above, of course, but that's the large population. And I, my fear is the young, the younger um, women and men listening to this are thinking, oh, I don't really need to worry about this, but you have parents, you have family. What are the causes of this? So what, what causes this? Yeah, lots of things can cause Alzheimer's and dementia. And we, we know a lot about the brain and we don't know a lot about the brain. So anybody can go to alz.org and read more about the, the causes. But really and truly what we encourage people to do first and foremost is as early as possible is to have a healthy lifestyle. That means, you know, words that people don't like, but eating a healthy diet, moving every day, you know, getting that heart rate up getting enough sleep, those things alone contribute so much to preventing as much as we possibly can because we control what we can. So we can control how much sleep we get, what we eat, how much we move, being social, uh, challenging our brain, playing games, taking a class. Those are the types of things that if we do them, we are less likely to have cognition problems as we age. And, you know, whether somebody is 18 or 44, people are being diagnosed earlier and earlier with early onset mm -hmm. Alzheimer's, which is before the age of 65, or another form of dementia. And one of the things that I would really like to stress to women, women account for two-thirds of the people who are diagnosed with the disease and we also represent 67% of the caregivers out there taking care of loved ones. Mm -hmm. So, you know, women oftentimes uh, have special challenges, but with Alzheimer's and dementia, we really need to pay attention to how we are feeling. And again, if I can just stress, sleep is so important. Oh gosh, and Brenda, I I've gone through phases of my life, my adult life. I used to sleep like a baby, literally. And I have had disruptions in my sleep and it's just, it, and I know, I mean, my physicians tell me, my hormone therapists, I mean, they all tell me sleep is so important. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm trying. So I end up taking a medication for it and I'm afraid, you know, I'm afraid that that's hurting. But right now they're telling me get sleep, but my goal is to get off these things. Do you agree with this that, I mean, just... Obviously, you were talking earlier about consult with your doctor, but I mean, there's some outside factors that can affect the brain, right? Absolutely. And I think that's why it's so important for us to, to not be afraid of Alzheimer's, dementia, memory issues, sleep issues, just to be frank with our doctor early instead of later, because the sooner we talk about any type of a health concern, the more likely we are to be able to find viable options that may help us have a better quality of life. Right. right. Um, I, I laugh about this, but I'm not laughing because I'm so serious about this because I do have friends and family members going through this. But I I started this podcast, you know, the 2020, you know, in co during COVID, well, prior to COVID. But I laugh because... It's this challenges my brain so much. I'm 58. Technology is not 
firsthand for me. You know, it's just difficult. So going on social platforms. So I keep telling people, start a podcast at 40, 58, 54, and you'll, ch you'll challenge your brain. And so you were saying, yes, challenge your brain, right? Please, please challenge your brain. You know, sometimes we'll say, I just want to veg, sit in front of the TV, which is not good because it's sedentary and we're just uh, a passive bystander. Uh, sometimes we will read the same types of books. Sometimes we'll play solitaire and just, you know, we can almost win every game. But we want to challenge our brain. You want to try something new. If you've not done puzzles, do a puzzle. If you've not done a podcast and you're really <laughs> ambitious like <laughs> Tiffany, try a podcast. Exactly. You know? But yes, we want to try different things and we want to get outside of our comfort zone with our brain and really make that organ work hard. Work hard because yeah. it's an important organ. Obviously. It is. I have a friend that's a TCU professor and um, he has told me multiple times he will never stop teaching. He won't stop teaching because he's had colleagues um, that stop teaching and they just decline. Something happens. They start to decline and we all look forward to retirement, you know, but keeping busy. To have a good plan. I think that it's important just like we've planned all through our careers when we are looking forward to retirement, it needs to not be about just sitting back and relaxing. I mean, plan trips, plan trips with friends so that you have the social aspect, mm -hmm. you know, take a class. You can go and you, your pro professor friend, mm -hmm. you know, could absolutely proctor a class, could be a guest speaker in a class. But knowing that we are going to have more time on our hands, but to really and truly continue to use those planning skills and to have a, a very engaging retirement. Absolutely. So there are early onset. I saw that there's 10 warning signs. Mm -hmm. Can we walk through these? And I know everyone's listening now because we need to know these. Sure. Okay. We will go through all 10 of them. And I'm going to look at my notes so that I don't of forget any of them. But the, er, but the warning signs, and it's not that one of them is present. You're looking for a pattern and a pattern that is very different from the norm. So if one of these things happens, absolutely, you can talk to your physician about it, but it doesn't mean, oh my goodness, I have Alzheimer's or another form of dementia. So the first is memory loss. If you are forgetting things, forgetting people's names and forgetting where you put things and forgetting how to get through the grocery store with your list. So just some memory loss, but it's not just plain memory loss. It's different than the norm and it's interfering with your day, your daily activities. So if you, you know, need to follow a recipe and your memory, you can't remember what you put in and what you didn't, that's out of the ordinary for you. Now, if you're a cook like some people that I know, that would not be out of the ordinary, but you're looking for out of the ordinary patterns that are changing. So the first is memory loss. Can and I then stop you before yes. postmenopause, brain fog, going into the pantry and going, what did I come in here for? Mm -hmm. Is that it or is that that just hormones or it Well, I think we all end up like in the kitchen pantry and it's like, what did I come in here to get? Yeah. And you're trying to remember a lot of times when people just relax, they'll remember. Yes. Or if it was a part of the plan, they can back backtrack their steps yes. and figure out how they got to that place. And it's like, oh yeah, now I remember I was coming in here to get a bowl of cereal, you know, whatever. Right. But people who are suffering with what could be 
dementia or Alzheimer's, they can't do that problem solving piece. They can't backtrack through those steps. It's that it's that high complex reasoning where you're having to problem solve. Mm -hmm. You're having a, a complex set of steps that you may not be able to to figure out where you are in a process or how to how you got where you are, right. if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense, and I feel so much better. Good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two. Number two is not being able to complete familiar tasks. And some of that might be that maybe a person gets up in the morning, they brush their teeth, they take their shower, they get dressed, they go have their breakfast. Those are familiar tasks. They may be standing in front of the sink looking at themselves, not knowing why they're standing in front of the mirror. And it's like, oh yeah, I just got up and it's time to brush my teeth. And the next thing that I do is I take a shower. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's that problem solving and task, task listing, so to speak, that our brain almost does automatically. Some of those familiar tasks become just alien and foreign. Third, is time and place. So sometimes people, they might not know the day of the week or the month of the year or the season. Sometimes people will will dress inappropriately. And I know at this time of year in Texas, it's like, yeah, but when I left this morning, I was appropriately dressed with a sweater, but now I need, a, you know, a tank top. Right. It's not that. It's that people knowing it's 100 degrees outside, maybe sitting outside in the sun in a sweater and, you know, yeah. Long pants. Exactly. So that that's number three, time and place. So being aware of where you are, what the day is, what I do on those particular days, everything kind of builds on each other as you start seeing memory and cognition if issues that interrupt the activities of daily living. That's the most important takeaway from the warning signs. If you have one of these, pay attention, but is it interrupting your activities of daily living? So the next is visual and spatial relationships. And this is important when it comes to driving because driving is one of those complex things. And if you start trying to take my keys away, I recently hurt my foot and I was reliant upon others to drive me. And I got real fussy about right. the keys and wanting to go where I wanted to go when I want to go. Right. People with dementia and Alzheimer's, they like possession of the keys and the car. But when you think about about spatial how far am I from the car in front of me is that like green is it red what happens when it turns yellow does it come green or does it go red so all of that reasoning that goes with you behind the wheel having to do with spatial relationships that would be a warning sign if that is something that's happening happening consistently wow okay next is communication so sometimes we forget a word when we're talking and we're trying to place either a particular word in a sentence or we can't remember a person's name. Happens to all of us. But if consistently communication is becoming a challenge or if a person is consistently using different words for a word, my dad started using the word football. It could be your name. It could be that it was a building on the side of the road. It could be an animal he saw, but everything was a football. Wow. So communication became difficult to understand. What does football mean in this context? So there you go. There's another one. Misplacing things. Okay. Uh, but here's the deal. 
<laughs> consistently misplacing things and not being able to retrace your steps to figure out what you why are my key where are my keys but you end up finding your keys later in the day in the freezer how did my keys get in the freezer and if you have no idea how your keys got into the freezer you weren't putting groceries or something away that would be a warning sign, a concern. But again, it goes back to that being able to plan and to know how you got from point A, not just to point B, but you may be down in your path of the day to maybe J, K, or L. Right. You know, can you figure out your your system, your your daily activity, and how you have gotten from one point to the next? Right. Okay. Uh, next, we have decreased judgment. So sometimes people will take risks. I'm going to use my daddy again because, one, it's personal, and I have been on the receiving end. So taking risks. If he were sitting at a stoplight or a stop sign and he had sat there for as long as he felt was appropriate and it was his turn to go, he would go. Uh -huh. uh, a person might, you know, walk into traffic and try to cross when it's not safe. So some of that risk-taking behavior where judgment is impaired in some way. Okay. Next is social withdrawal. If a person is a social butterfly and they like to be out and about, they go to certain clubs or they play maybe 42. Mm -hmm. You know, if people play 42 every, you know, third Friday and then all of a sudden they don't want to go, they don't want to go out to eat, they don't want to play the game, maybe they're trying to mask not being able to remember how to play the game or not recognizing the faces of their friends th with whom they normally play these games. Right, okay. right. And then the final one is changes in mood. So if people routinely are, you know, relatively happy and even killed and they have significant outbursts, either uh, yelling, uh, anger, rage, that would be the the final warning sign that you might want to pay attention to. Might want to pay attention to it. So with your dad, mm -hmm. um, talking about the driving and when it when it in, it could harm himself or others, mm -hmm. how do you go about taking independence away from those of us that have? Sure, because by the time a person really is not safe to be behind the wheel, the disease is fairly progressed. I mean, it would definitely, definitely be in the middle stages of Alzheimer's or another dementia. And families have to have conversations, including the person with the disease. Frankly, you know, this is what I'm seeing. And of course, a person that has a cognitive impairment, they're not going to agree with you that they're being dangerous behind the wheel because they want to keep those keys and to remain independent. But I think that we as families, we have to lovingly have conversations that are difficult. And we have to include the primary care physician. And my dad had a neurologist as well. And the neurologist to assure that we're all on the same page of what we're seeing, you know, behaviorally and what the best choices are. And even though it's not easy to say it's, we're going to have to take the keys now mm -hmm. and to remove the, the vehicle, you know, from the garage, those things have to happen so that your loved one remains safe. How difficult was that with your dad? Oh, it was super hard. Wow. I mean, it would, you know, my family laughs. My son laughs. I have an only child. And he says, you know, you're going to be just like dude because he, that's what he called my daddy was his grand dude. Mm -hmm. And he said, when my daddy, it was time to give up the keys. He liked to go out and have a ride. That was the way he relaxed. 
he would go out and take a cruise. That's right. what, and he would turn on the Beach Boys, <laughs> and it was just him, the Beach Boys, and a Diet Coke. Right. And, you know, that was a, a bit of, you know, keeping your own sanity sometimes. When life gets hard, you get away from the house, you go take a ride, and it was a bit of nostalgia. He would like to drive the country roads on which he grew up and remember who lived where and things right. of that nature. Of course. But when those decisions have to happen, you know, he still wants to do those things. So that's where we as caregivers have an opportunity to be the wheels for our loved one. So sure. take them on a ride. Go get a Diet Coke. Yeah. Listen to the stories because that that distant memory is a whole lot better than the, than the short-term memory. So listen to the stories, play the music, sing along with the songs, and have as good a time as you can for as long as you can. Oh, my goodness. That's great advice. Great, great advice. What are the what what is what is going on with research? And you were telling me here it's so exciting time because there's so much research and there's so much to advance the you you tell me it cannot be reversed. So to slow the process, is that what I'm telling you? Research, every type of research you could possibly think of, it's happening. The Alzheimer's Association is third in research funding behind the United States government, the Chinese government, and then the Alzheimer's Association. So if you want to read and read and read, go to alz.org slash research, and you can see all of the different clinical trials that are available that people can participate in if they would like. And then you can read about the different breakthroughs. And I consider, and the Alzheimer's Association does as well, we consider this the era of treatment. So it's been, it's been a barren land for, you know, 25 plus years since some, some of the medications that only helped with symptoms was, came on the, the market, like Numenda and Aricept. Mm -hmm. And then there was nothing for decades. So now there are two FDA-approved drugs that don't treat symptoms. They treat the underlying biology. So the, the hallmarks of Alzheimer's are called tau tangles and amyloid plaques. So these new medications, they actually attack the biology of Alzheimer's, and it's giving people more time. What's been interesting to watch, Tiffany, is the first drug that came on the market. I guess it's been about two years ago. It gave people just a few more weeks. Wow. And then the next medication gave people a few more months. The next medication that's in the pipeline that should go before the FDA toward the end of this year or in the first quarter of 2024, we're talking, you know, a couple more years of good cognition. And when I think about my personal journey, what I wouldn't give for two more good years where daddy could go out in the car by himself mm -hmm. and ride around if he wanted to and scream that his daughters are driving him up the wall. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Two years is a long time. Two years, that is And every time. single medication that has come onto the market has been better than the one before, significantly better than the one before. So I am so filled with hope for families who are dealing with Alzheimer's or another dementia that at long last there are treatments that are giving us more time with our loved ones and for our loved ones who are diagnosed with the disease to have good cognition and independence and to be able to plan for the future that they want. 
this treatment that you're talking about, the medication, is what type of medication is this? That's a great question, Tiffany. So Alzheimer's is an incurable disease right now. It's never had a survivor. We are fighting for the first survivor of Alzheimer's. And so the, the treatments are significant. The two medications, Adjahelm and Lacanamab, those two medications are given through infusions. So it's IV infusions at an infusion center. So if you think about people who have cancer treatment, they go to a clinic and they have an IV drip oftentimes of the chemotherapy. So the medications right now that are really working on the biology of Alzheimer's, it's an infusion. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, this is, and this is just right now in the forefront. It, these are on the mar FDA oh, approved okay. and approved by the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services. Gosh, isn't that amazing? When you are, when someone has Alzheimer's or dementia, any form, do you feel like there is a drawback, like they don't want to take the medication or they they do have enough cognition that they can make decisions like taking the medication. Yeah, for a long time, people can take the medication on their own. And of course, with an infusion, you're going to need someone to, I mean, you may be able to drive yourself to the clinic and have the infusion and drive home, or you might have a caregiver or a care partner that accompanies you. But for a long time, People can just take their medication on a daily basis as they always did, whether it's out of the bottle or they set up a pill organizer. My daddy was able to use a pill organizer. He couldn't set it up. I could set it up for him, but he could follow that to a T wow. for a long, long time. So, you know, as much as we know what, what a loved one's routine is when they have good cognition, if we can help follow a similar pattern with their illness and figure out, you know, how we might need to modify a particular part of their daily routine, we can help people stay independent for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. That is exciting, exciting news. Um, is this genetic? Well, sometimes people who have family members, multiple generations of family members, or both sides, a mother and a father with dementia, they have a higher likelihood of having Alzheimer's, but it's not a given. It is It is absolutely not, just because because both of my parents have dementia. My, my dad passed away. My mom is still living with late-stage Parkinson's disease, which when you get to the late stages, you do, some people do have dementia. So, what you need to be aware of is what your genetics are because we cannot control our genetics. So back to the beginning of our conversation, the more things that we can control, mm -hmm. we need to control those because we it's not a guarantee that we will have dementia, but we have a higher likelihood of having dementia. And also we females, we need to know that we already have, you know, two thirds more likely we, We're to have the disease. Predisposed to have the disease. We are predisposed. Brenda, what? Do you know the earliest age of someone that's been diagnosed? I mean, do y'all have that information? I think that information is on our website, alz.org. I can't remember. I have heard at, at uh, some of our conferences, I've heard a couple of people speaking, like, in within the last year uh, who were in their 40s. Oh, my stars. And you're right. I always talk about this. I do, I do, I do. You, we have one body. God gave us one body, and we have to take care of it. I mean, you have a responsibility to take care of it. 
And it is, like you said, eating right, staying active, staying moving, and not sedentary. And then, sleeping. Sleeping. <laughs> oh, gosh, Lord, let me sleep. But yes, I mean, we do have a responsibility. And I think we're at that age. We do know so much. We see so much on the Internet and social media. We're afraid. Yes, yeah, people asking me about it for sure. So in doing all this and finding the research and providing what you do on your on your um, website, you have to fundraise. We do. And you have something coming up pretty soon here, right? We do. We uh, The number one fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association is the Walk to End Alzheimer's. The Walk to End Alzheimer's happens in over 600 communities across the nation. And we fundraise, one for research, which we've been talking about. And then the other thing that we fundraise is for the care and support services that we offer. We offer a free of charge uh, 1-800 helpline that people can call anytime, day or night for assistance. And then we have all types of awareness presentations, education programs, and support groups that no one ever pays for through the Alzheimer's Association. And it's because of the fundraising that we do through things like the Walk to End Alzheimer's. And we have an event coming up on October 28th, so the, the Saturday before Halloween. We will be at the shops at Clear Fork that morning. Registration opens at 8 a.m. And then we will have our opening ceremony at 9 a.m. followed by the walk. We walk all around the shops just right there at Clear Fork. It's always beautiful. Usually it's cool. So we hope that thousands of people will come out and join us. It costs nothing to register for the Walk to End Alzheimer's. It's a great opportunity either to have respite and for caregivers to come out and join us that morning or bring your loved one who may have Alzheimer's or another dementia and come out and walk because you'll see probably a couple thousand people who are in the same boat as you are. People are there either just because they support what we do at the Alzheimer's Association. They have dementia. They are a caregiver for someone with dementia or they've lost someone to the disease. So October 28th at the shops at Clear Fork, it's the place to be. And when you register for the, the walk to end Alzheimer's on October 28th, you're going to get opportunities to go and uh, maybe get some discounts to some of the stores at the shops. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I will be there. I plan to attend Good. for sure. It'll be a great fall day. Ready? Ready to go. We are ready to walk. In closing, Brenda, do you see a world without Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia? Do you forecast that at all? I do, or I would not work here. That is the vision of the Alzheimer's Association, a world without Alzheimer's and all other dementia. And what a world that will be. You yeah. know, we have treatments that are working. We have a pipeline of drugs that are as far, literally as far as the eye can see, so to speak, that what I know from experience, each one is better than the last. So if it's giving people at first a few good weeks, a few good months, a few good years, absolutely, Tiffany, we are going to see and experience a world without Alzheimer's and all other dementia. Brenda, you have... I, I just am so happy to meet you and to know you and thank you for all you're doing for so many people. I mean, your your family, of course, but then so many others. And it, I'm going to have all your information in the show notes, but ALZ.org. I went there and formulated this podcast and you have just been amazing. Thank you for all you do. And thanks for being here today. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. So y'all, 
loved ones, you know, take care of them and take care of yourself because, you know, we're all aging for sure. And um, there's ways around this. Live that healthy life, I've always told you. So everyone, follow along. Keep the questions coming. Let us know what you like to hear and keep being fabulous.